Hey there, folks. Matt Hunsaker here for the State Tax Show. We are going international today to talk about the latest with state tax haven legislation. So, Abby. Yes. Where are we going? Going to the Grand Ole Opry. Tell me your views on country music. I am a devoted fan now. Were you yesterday? No. Oh. I was undecided yesterday. Undecided today. Oh, well, we'll we'll have to check in afterwards. Okay, let's do it. So my family right now, for the most part, is touring about the Intermountain West. But my daughter and I had to come home for work, which means that I am largely unsupervised, except for the supervision I get from my daughter. And while we were thinking about what to do for the weekend, it dawned on me that lately I've been doing a ton of work for folks that are wanting to relocate for tax purposes to Nashville, Tennessee. And so I said, hey, maybe we ought to check it out for the weekend. So we caught a plane and had a whirlwind adventure over the 4th of July weekend. Got to see the Country Music Hall of Fame and also went to the Grand Ole Opry. I've personally never been much of a country music fan, but I think my daughter and I may be catching the bug. Right now she's roaming around the house singing Country Fried, Wagon Wheel, and a bunch of other catchy tunes. So we'll see if this wears off. There's a bunch of ways that states try to deal with this perception of tax abuse when companies have operations in foreign countries. I think most states, if they were really honest about it, would just say, hey, we want to go back to mandatory worldwide combination. But since that is a quite a bit of a political uphill battle, they tend to just nibble on the margins. I like to call it erosion of the water's edge election. And I can't remember if I coined that term or if someone else did. My apologies if someone came up with it first. One of those ways, though, of nibbling at or eroding the water's edge is with what most people call blacklisting of tax havens. This is where a state literally makes a list of countries that they consider tax havens. And if you have a company that is formed in that jurisdiction, well, then guess what? That company becomes a member of the domestic combined group or the Water's Edge group, even if it wouldn't otherwise under Water's Edge reporting. These blacklists were all the rage a few years ago, but if my research is accurate, I think we only have two states now that use these lists. Montana has one in place, and Colorado just passed one. That was House Bill 1311, which was signed back on June 23rd. Most of the states that have wanted to use a blacklist approach, well, those measures have failed due to some pretty good legislative advocacy. And there's others that have simply been repealed, and I'll get to that a little bit later. So how does Colorado's new bill work? Well, it would include a foreign company in the combined group 
if it was incorporated in a foreign jurisdiction, quote, for the purpose of tax avoidance. Well, what does that mean? Well, in Colorado, if you are incorporated in one of about 40 countries that are specifically listed, then you are presumed to have been incorporated in that jurisdiction for purposes of tax avoidance. Now, I say presumption, and that means you can get out of it, but only if you provide to the satisfaction of the executive director that these operations in the foreign jurisdiction have economic substance. I have a feeling that may be a a bit of an uphill battle. Also, if I read the legislation correctly, you can still get pulled into the combined group if you are incorporated in some other non-blacklisted foreign country if the state determines that it was done for tax avoidance. Now, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, you can tell I have pretty strong views on the constitutionality of the blacklist regime. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know that taxation of multinationals is a real firestorm on the international scene right now. There's some tough battles going on between the U.S. and other countries about how to tax cross-border income. And why does that matter for this Colorado discussion? Well, under the Foreign Commerce Clause, a state tax law cannot prevent the federal government from, and this is a quote from the, from the court cases, cannot prevent the government from speaking with one voice. I mean, that is just well-settled law. And I can't see how Colorado could persuasively argue to a court that this blacklisting of certain of our trading partners is not a secondary voice. Granted, a small one, but still another voice that gets in the way of the federal government's efforts to speak with one voice regarding cross-border taxation. Another foreign commerce clause problem is that a tax must not create a significant risk of multinational double taxation. But that is a problem here because of the interplay with the guilty regime and how states deal with it and then this forced mandatory combination. In fact, when the TCGA was passed, Oregon, which used to have a blacklist regime, repealed it due to this very issue of potential double taxation. So, in short, I don't think that this law is going to withstand litigation, but we are going to have to wait and see how that plays out. Well, that's it for this show. I'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode of The State Tax Show. Until then, have yourselves a great week. The State Tax Show podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice. And listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.